Hi, I'm Eric Dewey. And this is Steve O'Mooney. And I'm Matthew Renfro. And we're Socially Awkward. You're listening to another great production on the Four Eyed Radio Network. Check out more shows at foureyedradio.com. Starfleet Escape Podcast. Prepare for launch in three, two, one. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four Eyed Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode 63 and is being recorded on June 3rd, 2016. Today's topic Star Trek trailers, CBS All Access, and beyond. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. This episode is brought to you by Revenge Lover. Illustration and designs that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. Hey, Eric. Hey, Aaron. How's it going this week? It's going good. You know, it was a short work week because of Memorial Day. and That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's Friday, and I'm all about the Star Treks right now. Yeah. All about the Trek. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like I was telling you before we started recording, I've been watching a ton of Star Trek lately. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I just, because of the 50th anniversary, I'm really in a Star Trek mood, Mm -hmm. as everyone should be. Right. And I'm just going back and uh, revisiting past shows. So lately I've been re-watching season six of Deep Space Nine. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going really good. It's a solid season. Yeah, so I, I enjoy it. Nice. It's the, the Dominion War in, in full swing. Excellent. They captured Beta Zed. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. So. You think they would have seen it? Oh, wait, they're not psychics. <laughs> I was going to say, you think they would have seen it coming. But, uh... but <laughs> they, They're empaths. They're empaths. You think they would have felt it. That's true. Yeah. They should have felt a great disturbance in the force. <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> uh, I'm actually p- going to watch some fan-made Star Trek. Excellent. Uh, Star Trek continues, released a new episode. Yes, with Gigi Edgley from Farscape. They always produce some quality stuff. Oh, so. it, it is quality. Uh, that will be good to see. I think that's some uh, prime uh, weekend watching there. Yep, if I can get around to it. Has some yard work that I've been neglecting and needs to get done. I'm actually going to be doing some spring cleaning around the apartment, so I, I feel your pain. You know what you won't feel the pain with? What's that? Our first uh, Would You Buy It. Before we start, uh, would you buy this first product here? No. <laughs> it's, I, I don't think I would. I'm on the fence about this. If and, if I were to buy this, I would want a real one, right? Which they do, they do sell. You can find them. But what are we talking about? The Star Trek TNG replica foam batleth from Think Geek. Who makes everything Star Trek? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, see the the selling price for this is fifty nine ninety nine American dollars. Now, that's the part that I'm on the fence about. Yeah. Because after all, this is just foam in the shape of a batleth, not an actual batleth. But it is life-size. 
Right. It's uh, officially licensed. Mm -hmm. I would hope it's officially licensed. <laughs> yeah. Modeled after a screen used prop. TNT hand prop. Yeah. You don't want any from D Deep Space Nine. Or uh, Voyager in your case. Uh, yeah. It's hand painted foam. Dimensions 42 and a half inches long, 15 and a half wide, and one <laughs> inch thick. Uh, For her pleasure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and it weighs one pound, one and three fourths of a pound. That's actually kind of significant for a, a foam prop. Yeah, maybe so it doesn't blow away. I don't know. So this this is obviously for your Star Trek uh, LARPing parties, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this so <laughs> this no, product uh, you would not uh, purchase. No, like I said, if um, I mean I have no desire for a foam batleth. If if I'm gonna be a if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be a batleth, no. If I'm gonna get a batleth, I want a real metal. I can kill an intruder in my house. Batleth. Mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> more recently, I know they've had the paper letter opener. Oh, like the the mini batleth. The mini batleth, which I actually really wanted uh but that did not happen um, okay <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm trying to uh pull up the uh the new you product. seem very distracted yeah um i'll just go off the top of my head so this other product that i want to talk about can be purchased this fall september it's 50th anniversary barbie dolls of Kirk, Spock, and Uhura, and they're going to retail for about $34.95. I know that they can be purchased at Target. Is it a Target exclusive, or that's just the only retailer that's been announced? That's the only one that I looked at okay. for now. If you know the the TV station, MeTV, Yes, yes. I actually found out about this because they tweeted about it and had an article. Oh, wow. And they mentioned Target being a retailer of okay. of this product. Uh, so would you purchase those? Um, you know, I, I for a few years now, I mean, I've been, I've been out of the Star Trek action figure uh, collecting for a, few, a number of years now. So... Mm -hmm. I think they're cool. I mean, I'll check them out in stores, but I don't think I'm going to actually purchase it. Mm. And I feel like I don't say I'm going to buy a lot of these. Would you buy it? But I will recommend a product that I did pre-order. Okay. I pre-ordered the 50th anniversary edition of the Star Trek encyclopedia Ooh. from Amazon. And that's coming out in September. It's going to be a nice two book hardcover edition of the of the Star Trek encyclopedia updated with everything up into beyond mm -hmm. I am really looking forward to this I'm looking at my bookshelf right now I have every past version of the encyclopedia and I'm really looking forward to this especially if they include more technical illustrations from mm -hmm. Doug Drexler and those folks I am super stoked for the new encyclopedia. I'm supposed to be getting that as a birthday gift. 
Nice. So that'll be cool. I'm really looking forward to that as well. I have past editions of the encyclopedia. Uh, not all of them. I have two previous editions. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed them, and I I wish they had more technical manuals out, like maybe re-release the yes. TNG or Deep Space Nine, go or into make, Voyager. Or make the Voyager one, thank you. Or the an Enterprise one would be right, awesome. an XO one. One other thing mm-hmm. I want to talk about in terms of um, good Star Trek deals. So you can get at Best Buy Star Trek The Next Generation, the complete series on Blu-ray... It's on sale for a hundred bucks. Oh, not bad at all. Series on Blu-ray. You're saving sixty bucks on that. I believe this is the remastered edition. Let me just confirm that. Sure. Yeah, I mean it would have to be, right? I think so for Blu-ray. Yeah. I, I don't think it was released in and standard. This, this is actually um it says the release date is actually June seventh. So that's this coming Tuesday. So okay. I think it's a, it's a new collection. Okay. So this is a pre-order. It's on sale. You can get the complete remastered Star Trek The Next Generation in a new Blu-ray collection for 100 bucks. Mm. Uh, regular retail price is 160 mm. And now that I'm looking at it, they also have the complete series of the original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will also be released, it looks like. Oh, the so the week after, June 14th, they're releasing the complete remastered Blu-ray uh, for the original series. And that's uh, $79.99. Hmm. And the packaging is really cool on it. It's like a retro uh, illustration type of deal. Oh, that's cool. If I didn't already have TNG on DVD... Yeah, uh, I would I would get it, but I already have it on DVD. But dude, the remastered. I can stream it. I can stream the remastered. Oh, no, nothing's nothing looks better than a nice Blu-ray disc. <laughs> I, I pop in that TNG Blu-ray and I'm like, Whoa. it looks great. Yeah, I I, I well, di- di- different strokes for different folks. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The theme, according to Best Buy, is space travel. Oh, okay, yeah. FYI. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's cool. So if you don't have the series yet, it sounds like a good time to get it. Yeah, it's a great time. So why don't we move to our next section of the show, the news. The news. Uh, So as we already said, the trailers have been released. Uh, They've been out for... I guess a week or two yeah, now. A couple of weeks now. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that later in the episode. On May 20th, Paramount held a Star Trek Beyond fan event, which I wish I could have gone to. God, I was, man, I was so jealous of everyone there. I'm like, dude, I'm the biggest Star Trek fan. And for me not to be at this, it killed me a little inside. Yeah. Yeah. As did it me. <laughs> okay, Yoda. Um, <laughs> but at this event, they unveiled a new street on the Paramount lot named Leonard Nimoy Way after 
the actor who portrayed Spock. A very fitting tribute. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Quinto, I think. Is yeah, the one he presented it. Uh, and the event had a Q&A session and a 10-minute clip from the upcoming movie. Which is awesome. Yeah, 10-minute 10 10 minute preview. Yeah. Yeah, like a whole scene. It's crazy. I know. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. All right, let me let me tackle this next one. Yeah, here. now uh, this next one we've we've talked about a lot in the past, but uh, it, it's it's kind of funny after after last week's after our last episode, and then the f- like right after oh, the but, release this comes out. But there's there's way more drama than that, my friend. Oh, okay. So um, at this fan event, J.J. Uh, Abrams and uh, Justin Lin uh, brought up that the paramount cbs lawsuit with axnar would be settled out of court and a paramount spokesperson said that guidelines would be put in place for fan films but axnar filed a countersuit like the next week right that monday yeah countersuing guess cbs and paramount so it ain't over folks yeah yeah this they said that they it was going to be dropped on friday then on monday they filed filed and they said that they were playing the file anyway, and in case uh, Paramount didn't yeah, follow yeah. through, they needed to do this just in case they didn't follow through. Yeah, and the other big uh, drama thing on that was, uh, you know those uh, 50 and in, in 50 uh, videos that they've been doing? 50 and 50, no. They've been all over social media, where have you been? Like they, they do those fifty second clips of oh. like famous people telling their stories or whatever. Yeah. About Star Trek. Right. You've seen those, right? Uh sure. <laughs> I haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen them. Yeah, just follow <laughs> at Star Trek movie. You'll see a bunch of them. Oh, see, uh, that's what I'm not doing. Get on the ball, man. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but actually on their Facebook they posted one that Alec Peters actually filmed really? at that fan event. Okay. And the official Star Trek Facebook posted it. Everyone got in an uproar because you know because the videos are supposed to be like either regular fans or notable fans and actors and and all kinds of different people either involved in Star Trek or like one of the videos is like the singer slash, you know, the the rock okay. star slash. Yep said why he was a big Star Trek fan. So it's supposed to be this positive thing. And then Alec Peters filmed one and was like, oh, yeah, my biggest fan moment was when J.J. and Justin Lin confirmed that they're dropping the lawsuit. I'm like, really? Your biggest your biggest thing in all of Star Trek is that they're dropping the lawsuit that goes against you anyway? Yeah. Like, it was just a complete... And for, for Star Trek, the star, official Star Trek Facebook to post that people went nuts and they actually took it down. They ended up okay. taking it down. Well, I mean, whoever was doing it's a conflict it probably of interest. Yeah. Whoever was posting it probably was just throwing, throwing them up and didn't even realize who he was or something. Yeah, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I was actually surprised that he was even there. I feel like he knew what was going to happen before it happened. And that's the only reason he was there. I, I think that's exactly what it was. It's yeah. it's it's all a bunch of jokes. So for him to act, ooh, all surprise, and oh, I didn't know this was happening. Right. Like, yeah, for sure, buddy, whatever. 
Uh, it just, I don't know. It just kind of pisses me off that, you know, this guy that's bringing so much attention to himself over a, a lawsuit that it was because of his actions and it's of his project that he's bringing so much attention to himself on the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. It's like, it's such a joke. Yeah. I mean, I, I have real, real passionate feelings about this. I don't care if I'm labeled a hater or not, but yeah. I, I'm more like a, a donor, a three-time donor that wants to see results. And at the same time, I support, I totally support CBS and Paramount. Mm-hmm. They have a right to protect their IP. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. So there is some speculation going on that part of this settlement uh, might be to create some new uh, ground rules right. for Star Trek fan films. In, in regards to that, uh, Lucasfilms and Disney actually allow Star Wars fans to submit their own fan films. And they created guidelines that fans must follow. So this is not an unprecedented move. Right. So there's a, a rundown of Star Wars guidelines. Um, and this is from Wikipedia. So I guess go ahead. Uh, you, you, re- you did the research for this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So a number of guidelines ensure that the entries are produced by amateurs uh, and do not infringe on Lucasfilm properties. The contest limits content of entries to short film and video parodies, mockumentaries, and documentaries of the Star Wars universe and fan experience. Until 2007, in-universe fan fiction type stories were not allowed. Rules changed in 2007 after all Star Wars movies had been released and fan fiction is now allowed. The contest imposed a time limit on entries for in the inaugural contest. It was 30 minutes long, but lowered to 15 minutes for the 2003 to 2005 contest. For 06 and 07, the time limit was lowered again to 10 minutes. And I read online that the current limit is actually five minutes. So they lowered it even more. Wow, that's pretty short for a fan film. Right. Entries must not contain nudity, excessive swearing, explicit sexual themes, or graphic violence. No unlicensed copyrighted material may be used in the entries with the exception of a collection of approved images, music, and sound effects. For 2006 and onward, the contest rules were revised to prohibit contributions that were subject to or under the jurisdiction of any guild or union collective bargaining agreement. Okay. Uh, so like SAG actors SAG, right. and that kind of stuff. This does not, however, prevent a contestant from submitting an entry if they belong to, belong to a union, for example, an amateur filmmaker who is also a truck driver and a member of the Teamsters. Okay. So there was also some like controversy because Alec Peters uh, apparently sent out to various fan filmmakers what he would like for guidelines. He sent that to several fan productions looking for their support. 
which a lot of them backed out and were like, we want nothing to do with this. So according to his guidelines, there must be a following disclaimer at the end of each episode and in all promotional marketing materials on all fan production websites that Star Trek and all related Marks logos characters are solely owned by CBS Studios, Inc. This fan production is not endorsed by, sponsored by, nor affiliated with CBS, Paramount Pictures, or any other Star Trek franchise and is a non-commercial fan film intended for recreational use. No commercial exhibition of distribution is permitted. Well, that's that's kind of a joke considering, you know, he was all in it for commercial gain anyway. Right, and they all pretty much already have that kind of disclaimer on them anyway. Yeah, the, yeah, they already have that. Number two is fan productions may not sell or give away as perks any item with a Star Trek mark, logos, or character, including but not limited to the word Star Trek, the Enterprise insignia, Chevron, images of the USS Enterprise, or any Star Trek trademark. Again, kind of ironic. Yeah, we'll see. They sell Axonar coffee. Doesn't say anything about Star Trek, right? Well, they they never got beyond to selling the, the actual coffee, but I mean, that that was one of the contentions that they were going to sell. Right. But they already, they have a donor store. They're selling model kits and, you know, Axanar shirts and patches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're selling patches when they can't even fill, fulfill donor patches perks. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Number three, fan film, fan productions may take donations, but all donations must go to the production of the fan film and may not be used to pay any of the principals. Number four, fan productions may pay professional cast and crew for their time working on the production. Number five, if a production uses a SAG member, he or she must become a SAG new media signatory, uh, which just means like streaming new media, that kind of a thing. Mm. Number six, finished fan films may be no longer than 50 minutes in length. Uh, which is the approximate length of a original series episode. And fan filmmakers give to CBS an unlimited, unrestricted license to use their films or any portion thereof in any format CBS should deem appropriate. So if CBS does something where they do a documentary highlighting fan films, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So like I said before, after all of this, a lot of the fan films have uh, since distanced themselves away from uh, Peter's after this recent guidelines drama. Yeah. I guess he was upset that his private conversations were leaked. But it's to be expected. If you put in a whole group of, you know, people into a Facebook thing, someone's going to screenshot it. And it right. did. And it got out. And he went in a, in a big tissy and started swearing off whoever leaked it. And, Yep. It's just, it's it's all ego. That's all it is. Yeah. It's, it's kind of disgusting. But in related news, uh, just recently, as of a couple days ago, the fan series Star Trek Intrepid has ceased production amid the Axanar uh, lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And you can read all about that on axamonitor.com. Eric's new favorite website. It really is. <laughs> So and I know I think we talked about this last time the Star Trek Horizon second episode they had to cancel their production. Yes. Yes. Uh, and they also ended up canceling their independent production because they weren't able to raise enough funds 
to make it happen, which is unfortunate because uh, they seem like uh, a bunch of talented people over there. Yeah, um, hopefully they can go on and to uh, apply their talents to you know some new projects. I, yeah. I hope. By a more exciting news, I'm so excited. Kristen Bayer, who is the Star Trek Voyager relaunch author, she has been added to the CBS Star Trek series writing team. And I know you've talked about the relaunch series a lot as yes. we've done this podcast. I, I highly recommend it if you are a Star Trek Voyager fan. Uh, Kristen Bayer really knows how to write the Voyager characters. You know, she really writes in their voice mm-hmm. and has really advanced the story for the characters and what happens in the Star Trek universe with them basically equipping a fleet of starships with the slip space or slipstream technology mm-hmm. and then going back to the Delta Quadrant and forming alliances and, you know, retracing Voyager's route and making contact with those races again. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very great series and having her on the writing team, I'm, I'm ecstatic. It's going to be great. I'm Excellent. really glad that they're getting people on the writing team who already know Star Trek. Right. It's fantastic. That is great. I, I hope we learn about who will actually be acting in it soon. I think we'll find out pretty quickly. Yeah. Next few months. I Hopefully. don't think they're going to announce something until maybe, you know, after the movie's been in theaters for a while. Just so, like, because right now all the focus is on the movie. Right. And we're just getting, like, little nuggets about the TV show. Right. Speaking of the TV show, announced just today from Larry Nemechek at the Phoenix Comic Con, Joe Manoski, who has written for Star Trek in the past, and his credits include Darmok, Time Zero, and Year of Hell, and Aaron Colette. Colette. Thank you, Eric. Who worked on the TV series Heroes. Both of them have been added to the series. I am even more excited now. Mm. Joe Minoski has run some of my favorite Star Trek episodes. Like you said, Darmok. I mean, what an incredible episode uh, of Next Generation. And Year of Hell was amazing for Voyager. Mm -hmm. So, and I love the television show Heroes. Yeah. So this is like this is like my dream writing team right here. So yeah, yeah I'm uh, I'm excited about this. I, I really am. No, I am too. It's going to be so great, and I hope. Well, I know we'll have fun reviewing mm-hmm. these episodes when they come out. Uh, so actually, a quote from uh, Larry Nemechek. He said re- regarding uh, Brian Fuller, the fans should be very excited about Brian as the showrunner. Of all the veteran writers who were contractually available, Brian has the most street credibility and mainstream out-of-the-box thinking. Brian would only have agreed to be showrunner if he was allowed to do the show that he wanted to do and to include hiring the staff he wanted. This is amazing, and the fans should be very excited. And I am am over the moon with this. This is going to be great. Yeah, most definitely. To note, Joe Minoski has writing credits on 56 Star Trek episodes. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. A spanning series, so spanning next gen, next gen Voyager. Nine and Voyager. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for this. This is great. Yeah. Can only get better from here, right? I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well we have to wait. Oh man. 
Like about six more months. Six, seven months, yeah. Seven months, God. Yeah. It'll fly. Can I, just, can I just time travel into the future? Make that quantum leap. I will. I will. Well, Next. speaking of the new show, let's talk trailers. Yeah. So if you haven't watched this trailer, you should. What are you um, waiting for? I'm watching it right now. Oh, let me let me do that as well. To date, this trailer yep. has over 3 million views on YouTube. That's quite a bit of views. That is a bit of views in like in 15 days. It's, yeah. it's gotten a ton. All right. So uh, on a count of three, you want to press? Yep. All right. One, two, three. Oh. So that eerie sound. It's Star Trek trailer guy. <laughs> nice little warping action through Nebula. A broken Praxis, planet. Maybe. Maybe Praxis. Asteroid field. A star. With a planet. Oh, and did you notice when it did that explosion, there was like a little hint of the Star Trek logo? Oh, I, did, I missed that. Explosion? Yeah. And we got the we got the theme. Yeah. And just Star Trek for now. Yeah. So premiering on CBS and then coming to All Access. So they're sticking with the the first episode is actually going to be on TV. Yeah, which I think will wet people's whistles and make them hopefully uh, bite the bullet and pay for CBS All Access. I know I will. Aaron, what are your thoughts? Okay, so... Uh, right now, at least, I mean, we know nothing. We know nothing. Yeah, uh, we, we know nothing. <laughs> uh, the graphics are uh, similar to the JJ universe, but that means absolutely nothing and implies nothing of which timeline it'll take place in. It's they're just cool graphics. Yeah, it. it, it I know what you're saying because it did remind me of the end credits of the JJ movies when they do right. like that. Woo! and they're spinning to different planets. And yeah, yeah. So it does remind me of that. I, I get what you're saying. Right. So I was I was wondering why is the Delta Shield divided into two pieces with scratches along the surface, and does it have anything to do with the plot, or is it just an artistic choice? Uh, well, what do you think it is? Uh, I think it's just an artistic choice. I, I think they might be hinting at something there. I think they might be hinting at, you know, maybe we're seeing a division in, in Starfleet or the Federation. Okay. Maybe. It, it's, it's just because, I mean, as a graphic designer, I, I take notice of things like yeah. this. And I know you appreciate uh, graphic design. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you see something like that, it, it's not often that the Star Trek Delta is played with in any significant way. Yeah. So the fact that there's like this really clean break, mm -hmm. it it's intriguing because the break is in between the words star and Trek. Mm -hmm. So is it like, I, I don't know what that's implying. Is it, right. is it implying that, you know, there's some kind of drama that's going on? We don't know. It, it could be nothing. It may just look like a cool logo, but yeah. I don't know. I, I'm very curious why that Delta shield is broken like that. Yeah, and I feel like if it was uh, not as a cl clean cut, like this is like straight, straight oh, edge. Yeah. Uh, if it was like shattered some way, I think it would have hinted a little bit more of of some kind of division between mm -hmm. between 
uh, the bad admirals and who knows who. Uh, yeah, you always know there are, there's going to be a bad admiral somewhere in Starfleet. Um, or what about uh, Section Thirty One? Section Thirty One would be interesting to uh, to go into. So some some people are saying that the images seen um, is well, one of the images seen is uh, the pieces of Praxis from uh, Star Trek Six. Uh, and the other, maybe a star from from the movie Star Trek Generations, the Amagosa star but, or something. Yeah. These people uh, think that maybe that means it's going to take place, the series between Star Trek VI and Star Trek Seven. Yeah, and I'm, I'm still kind of hoping for like, a, you know, after Kirk, after the Kirk movies, but before Next Generation, because... Mm-hmm. There's so much that we don't know about that era. And like we said in in past episodes, you know, that's there's that whole Cardassian Starfleet uh, war that we don't know what happened. And it was interesting because when I was doing uh, rewatching an episode of Voyager, even Janeway talked about a time where, you know, when she was a lieutenant. You know, they were behind enemy lines fighting the Cardassians. And Mm -hmm. so... You know, characters like her and and O'Brien have talked about this war in the past, and it's something that we've never seen before. And a war with the Cardassians that we have seen in Star Trek is part of the Dominion War, and look how popular that was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe exploring that time where, again, another time where Starfleet and the Federation were in jeopardy because of a war right. uh, might be intriguing, and people love a good war story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, having that, some some of that grittiness uh, yeah. to Star Trek is is good. Uh, we can't have it all be gritty, but no, and and I mean, even in Deep Space Nine, when they were fully in the Dominion War, we still got lighthearted episodes like One Little Ship, where they shrink to you know this big, and you know they have to save the ship, so. Star Trek can do a, a war type of storyline without having it be continuously dark and oppressive. So some of my thoughts, uh, you know, I, I talked a little bit about it. Like, I'm really curious about the, the logo. Is that the final logo? Maybe it's just a teaser. I really like the font for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds, it's familiar, but there's a little bit more angles to it. And I really dig it. The Delta Shield is intriguing to me. I'm just wondering if that split uh, hints to something bigger in the storyline. I think that this trailer really implies an anthology-type series, especially at these hints of these other star systems. Like, if that really is the Klingon moon of Praxis, if that really is the Amargosa star, or even Romulus, I, again... I would love, love, love an anthology series. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this show no matter what. If it's right. an anthology, if it's a new universe, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's Star Trek coming back to television. Right. I think every Star Trek fan should be bouncing on off the walls that this is happening. Yeah, I think I hope mo- most of them are. And some something that we uh, didn't mention from the trailer is the, the the words that come across the screen. Yes. New Cruise. 
new villains, new heroes, new worlds. And as soon as I saw, when I first watched this, as soon as I saw the word new cruise, I was definitely like, yep, anthology, this is it. Because mm-hmm. if they're focusing on, on new crews, typically these shows just focus on one crew. I would love to see maybe a fleet of, of starships mm-hmm. in a new series. That would be awesome. You know, I, I like that they also say new heroes because not, not an entire crew is, is a hero. You know, there, there are going to be like new standout heroes and I'm very excited for that. And of course, Star Trek has always embraced uh, new worlds and new civilizations. So I think this tagline is a clever play on like, you know, seeking new life and new civilizations. Right. And something that kind of comes across to me is that maybe we mainly see it from the Starfleet point of view on a federation starship what if we see something happening from the starfleet side and then the next episode shows it happening from the klingon side of things like the same situation or same different perspectives a different perspective of the same event i think that would be incredible or maybe here's an idea what if the first episode shows something uh, maybe some big cataclysmic event mm-hmm. that a whole bunch of different races witness. Mm. And the series explores this mystery through the eyes of different alien crews. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be something. And uh, almost similar to uh, Eric and I are, are yeah. pretty big into uh, this mobile game, Star Trek Timelines. And it's kind of a similar uh, type of concept yep. where uh, different crews are put together trying to figure out what's going on. Why is this uh, this collapse in the timeline happening and why are people all over the place? Yeah, I mean, God, if this new series was just Star Trek Timelines, the series, that might be amazing. But I think it would be interesting to see a galactic level threat mm-hmm. where the entire Milky way galaxy is at stake. And maybe all these different aliens have to come together, not just the Federation, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the Romulans have to work with the Federation, you know, maybe, right. maybe the, the Borg have to step up or, you know, or because of the events of the relaunch novels, you know, the Borg don't even exist anymore. So, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's something where the entire galaxy has to come together. And, you know, maybe that's why we see the new villains and new heroes and new crews and stuff. I'm, I'm just very excited. I'm very excited for this. And the fact that, you know, the fact that it's already, it hasn't been, you know, three weeks and it already has over 3 million views on YouTube. That's incredible. Yeah, Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I wish there was more than just this teaser. Uh, I, I mean, you know, as soon as we start getting cast announcements, uh, we're going to be through the roof. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially if, if they get some big names attached to this or some past names. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If if Jeffrey Combs is not in the <laughs> new Star Trek series, I, I fan riot. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's been in everything else. Why wouldn't he be in I, this? Right? I know. I actually read something recently because I was looking up uh, Tony Todd's uh, Wikipedia. Yep. Just because I saw him in that Voyager episode as one of the Herogen. Actually, something in his Wikipedia says that he's actually on a short list of actors for the new Star Trek mm. TV series. Right. I heard of that as well. Back. But have him reprise all of his different roles. That would be amazing. Oh, well, that'd be interesting. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they would do that, but it would be but, something. But if it was an anthology, what if they went ahead and we got another Jake Sisko story mm. in the future? Oh, wow. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. If if we got something more about Kern, that would be awesome. Right. Yeah. Cause now he's uh, he doesn't know he's Kern anymore. True, but I mean, we would get a continuation of the story. Yeah, bring Worf in. Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, bring Worf back. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. he he wants it. Bring him. Bring him back. Yeah, yeah. Bring 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 anyone and everyone back. This yeah. would be awesome. Well, let's go on to the second trailer for Star Trek Beyond, uh, <laughs> with the tagline: "To survive, they must go beyond." Oh yeah. And so let's let's watch this sucker. All right, so again on 3. All right. All right. So 1 2 3. Another kind of ominous opening. Yeah. Definitely uh tying into the first movie, which I like. Right. And a great uh Bones and Kirk drinking moment which right. happened in the movies over his birthday. Yeah. Oh, I love the warp effect. Yeah, the new warp effect is definitely killer. This, this is the space station is insane. Yeah. The uniforms are pretty slick, too, the updated uniforms. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I so, love that shot. Do you? Yeah. It's like someone strapped a GoPro on to the hull. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and this what is just terrifying. Those? Huh? <laughs> what are those? It's horrible. Yeah, those swarms. Like, I, f I feel so much pain seeing the Enterprise being ripped apart. Yeah. God, like that shot with the deflector dish. Oh, man. I'm really intrigued about her character. Yeah. Oh. Hologram. Uh. <laughs> I hate the stupid bike sequence. I don't care if it's the coolest thing in the movie. The motorcycle <laughs> sucks. And that's a cool, uh, cool line. Yeah. The NX-01, who knows? <laughs> I don't think that's the NX-01. <laughs> In this, I don't care what anyone says. I think that's a f cool moment. Oh, the, the, this funny, like, that's his seat thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about that. I, I think I think that's funny. Yeah. And hello, Simon Pegg. <laughs> yes, Simon. <laughs> you did a good job there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on this trailer? So, Rad Warp field effect. I think that that's was the, awesome. The coolest effect, uh, warping effect of all of the JJ movies so far. I think it really shows the concept of warping, that a warp bubble is pushing right. the, the starship forward, and it looks really cool. Yeah, because I have to tell you, I really hated... I, I, I dug the Star Trek 2009 warping effect. Where it, like, yeah, it's like you know, 
it's 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 cool. It's a decent effect. I didn't like the changes in Into Darkness that were only made to allow the sequence where the Vengeance catches up with her within the same warp field and is able to fire on them. Yeah, that was lame. I also did not like the smoke trails that it left behind, like WTF. Uh, That was dumb. Yeah. But no, this new warp effect is awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty rad. Um, Very action-packed, this whole movie. Uh, But there are definitely intense moments there. Um, Yes. So from what I read about the fan event in that 10-minute clip, that scene where you see Bones and Kirk having a drink, uh, right. it's his birthday. Now, you have to remember, birthdays have a different uh, meaning for him now because... It was the same day that his father died. Same day as his dad's passing uh, when he saved the crew of... The Kelvin. The Kelvin. The Yorktown, oh my gosh, that is a huge station. Uh, it's massive, and at first I thought it was some weird like alien construct when when they first showed the first trailer i thought this was a place that the crew's trapped on right yeah that's what it looks like i didn't know it was a space station but this is a federation star base right it's insane yeah from what i read it's apparently it's on the edge of of federation space Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a, a melting pot of all the different cultures yeah, it's in like a federation. hub. Yeah. Yeah, a, a big hub. Uh, some people, I, I read posts saying, oh, Babylon 5, which I guess it's kind of like that similar concept of a uh, station. But I've seen nothing. Nothing I've seen in Star Trek looks like the space station. Oh, no, no. Like, like, like the big bubble. And I love that, Sean, the trailer where the... Um, Enterprise is being guided through like a mm-hmm. through that tube, right. like a docking tube essentially, and right. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely cool. I I mean I don't know if we'd ever see that again. I mean I we know that Starfleet has the capability to make these big things because the star bases in the next gen are well, huge yeah the the star base that star base one that you know is over or the star dock that's over earth in the next generation <laughs> and that we've seen in the star trek movies is massive that's yeah. like i mean it's it's crazy it's like the it's size large, of a continent yeah large enough for a galaxy class starship to easily go into Right, uh, so I mean, it's it's not a big leap to assume that they can't make this because yeah, they can. I mean, if you have the technological resources to make, you know, a starship that goes faster than light, I'm pretty sure you're okay with making a big gigantic space station. Right. Yeah. And it, it's cool because it looks like a big dome, and I think there might um, be a could... planet. It might be over a planet or some kind of habitat. It, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, like those pictures in like the seventies of like artists sketches of like what a orbital space dock would be. And like, yeah. you know, the rings and it kind of, and it kind of reminds me of a halo ring, like from the halo oh. series. Okay. Yeah. So, or, or, you know, like a Dyson sphere or something like that. That's what it reminds me of. 
yeah. things that we've already seen in in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's cool. I mean, these concepts are so far adding up to something awesome. Like I said, while we were watching the trailer, the the uniforms are are more mature looking, more uh, militaristic looking. Uh, I really like in the teaser posters that, you know, each crew member is getting. I really like Kirk's new military jacket. Wh- whatever that is, oh, yeah, that's cool. looks really nice. Yeah. I heard some criticisms uh, a few months ago about that. But, you know, haters gonna hate, as some people say. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> People were saying that they were trying to make him look like Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Like oh. that kind of not really. He had a big leather jacket. I don't know what. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that so, doesn't hold up for me. Yeah, the so, the uniforms are cool. New facer design got rid of that stupid swivel, which is hey, I like awesome. the swivel. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> but I think I saw a double barrel, which could signify either one's kill or stun, or it might just be a double barrel. Kind of looks like uh, one of the original series movie phasers. Yeah, it, it definitely has that that feel to it. Like um, Star a little bit Trek. more heavy duty. Yeah, yeah. Like not not Star Trek Six. Like a mix of Star Trek Six and the new new one. Yeah, yeah. Like. No, I get what you're saying. But it looks like an actual weapon. Yeah, which is which is uh, nice for once. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, um, my takes. I I hate the motorcycle. I think that's a that's the dumbest thing ever. I I don't like the motorcycle. I'm I'm okay with the motorcycle. I don't know. That's I don't really know. Good. To to me every every time I see Kirk do a jump in that motorcycle, I I just think I'm just that's like a reminder for me that oh yeah, the Fast and Furious guy is directing this. But <laughs> I did read an article that interviewed him. Apparently, he is a massive star trek fan okay like he grew up with it kind of massive star oh, okay, trek fan. and i read that he's glad that everyone likes the second trailer mm-hmm. but he was kind of pissed off that everyone had this immediate negative <laughs> reaction on that first trailer with right. with like the sabotage well i mean that just fit in with yeah the feel of the first movie i think they want and I to... like I like that there's all these callbacks to the first movie. Yeah, I'm glad there's like they're trying to make you forget the missteps from the last movie, which oh, is a good absolutely. thing. Yeah, so it's good to call back to that movie because I really liked uh, the 2009 movie. I did too. I did too. I mean, I saw it five times in the theaters. Like that's yeah. how much I liked it. Yeah. Um, so I like that this trailer has um, there's still comedic moments. Especially mm-hmm. at the end uh, when uh, she sits in Captain Kirk's chair and he's like, uh, excuse me. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> I just I just thought that's hilarious. And, you know, Scotty's like, he likes that chair. It, it just, to me, that reminds me of the same, like, underlying comedic tone that the other movies in this trilogy have. Right. So I'm glad that it's consistent that way. Like, th- there's still the, the humor... And while there's these big drama stakes going on, they still find the time for those little comedic and humorous moments. I think that the villains actually look like a threat. Um, I love that shot where they're all storming in into the Enterprise Mm -hmm. in those full suits. 
Yeah. But I really hope that they aren't the total focus of this movie, mm-hmm. which I know they're going to be because Idris Elba is the main bad guy and yeah. they're not going to shoehorn him into like a small role. Mm-hmm. He, I know he's going to be a huge part of this film. Yeah. So to me, I, to me, I kind of hate that. Oh, great. Here we go. Another villain mm-hmm. that's, you know, set to destroy our crew. It, it's right. just, to me, it's, it's such an overplayed trope at this point in the movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think you need that, especially when we've had movies like Star Trek four, and you know the motion picture where the enemy is not really an enemy it's either a force of nature mm-hmm. or something that we don't understand and right. the movie is more about the crew trying to solve a puzzle to save the the world instead of you know a villain like khan which a, a villain like the khan or 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 borg queen th- those are great movies mm-hmm. but I just don't like that this new trilogy, it's it's like a mustache-twirling villain like every single time. I don't yeah. like that. Well, I mean, maybe we'll look at it from from his point of view, from, yeah. from the villain's point of view. He might think that he, he was wronged and Starfleet's the bad guy. Which would be a great take. Um, yeah. It, it would be interesting to see that. And... You know, they wouldn't hire someone like, you know, Idris Elba. I mean, he is a he is a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. So to put him in a, a villain role like that, I really hope we get like a Khan level type of... I'm talking about Wrath of Khan, not... Right. For Khan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want, I want that level of villain where it's not just uh, revenge. Mm-hmm. It's more like you know, some, someone that's more calculating. And that's why I really like the, the fact that in the trailer, uh, Uhura says, oh, yeah, my captain's not going to stop until he wins. And his character to say, I'm counting on it. That means he already has a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a grand plan. And that delivery that he gives of that line, I thought was great. It's creepy. Yeah. And... Yeah. I love the makeup. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then, yeah, there's a, an X-01 looking type of ship at the end, uh, which we've already seen pictures of. I, I yeah. But yeah. I don't know. From the back, it's like I can't help but think of, of Yeah, the I mean, Enterprise. there's definitely definitely a lineage yeah. uh, to that design. Which I'm glad they're respecting yeah. in, the, in the universe. Yeah. I love the trailer. Mm-hmm. It, I definitely feel better after watching this trailer than I did the first. Because after I watched the first trailer, I had such a huge eye roll. I'm like, this is going to be a piece of crap. And then, <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was just a teaser, right. and it was made for a specific audience. And I get that, but after watching this one, I must have watched this new trailer at least ten times the day it came out, mm. because to me it was exciting. It, and it got me excited. And yep. that's what a good trailer should do. I feel you. I feel you. I was excited when I saw it. Yeah. It, it looks great. And I, I love the design changes in this movie. I will be there opening day. Yeah, I uh, I hope to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't like going opening day because I don't like crowds. Um, I actually like that. I, I like the excitement of the crowds. And, you know, everyone laughing or... 
yeah. you know, responding and yeah. But anyways, yeah. Let, let's see what our uh, listeners thought of the new trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the subspace channels for, for this episode, what was your favorite moment from the new Star Trek Beyond trailer? And I opened this up to, uh, I posted this question on a, a new forum on, on Facebook, uh, a, a fan group that I usually don't post on. So we got more answers from Facebook, uh, but they weren't quite what I was expecting. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, so starting with Facebook, uh, William Alexander, I was kind of set back for a moment where towards the end it looked as if it had taken the NX-01 out of mothballs only to find out it wasn't the Enterprise at all. Uh, referring to the Farragut. Not the Farragut. Is it the Farragut? I don't know. It's not the Farragut. It was some, it was some it's thing. not the Farragut. I'm wrong. Yeah. It's not the Farragut. Um, uh, Akil Ahmed said, I don't know. I managed to avoid it so far. LOL. Not even giving it a chance. Next, we have Rowan J. Coleman. I can't pick one. I just loved it all. Well, let me let me ask you. What was your favorite moment of the trailer? Oh, jeez. Hmm. Uh, the oh, crap moment is where the Enterprise is getting ripped apart. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that. like I said earlier, that's hard for me to watch, even though it's not the Enterprise that I grew up with. It's still the Enterprise. And seeing the reactions of everyone's faces, like, oh, crap, this is going yeah. down right now. Uh, it's, and they're it's, heartbroken about it. Yeah, heartbroken. These escape pods are being jettisoned, and these uh, swarm ships are not only ripping into the Enterprise, they're also taking out some of these escape pods. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it's, it's intense. It's an intense moment. I think my favorite moments in this trailer are the character ones. Mm-hmm. Like I really like the conversation Bones had with Kirk, yeah. but I also like that Kirk and Spock have this moment too. Mm-hmm. And when they were doing the fan uh, event at Paramount, they even commented that this movie you see different the crew pair up in different ways that you haven't seen before. Mm. So I guess Kirk and Chekhov actually get a lot of time together, okay. um, which never really happened in the original series. So we never really got to see that dynamic play out. Right. Um, I like that Bones and uh, Bones and Spock mm-hmm. are put together and, you know, maybe their friendship grows out of all of this. And right. it would be nice to see that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. Uh, but moving on, Joshua E. Coop said his favorite moment was the he likes that seat from Scotty. Uh, the rest of it looks awesome. Also, Kirk, I think you underestimate humanity. That was a great line. Yeah, it was a great line. Next, we have Harvey uh, Kitzman. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Harvey. But Harvey says how laughable it looked and the fact that they spent a whole lot of money to try to make this movie look like it will be good. Ouch. So I guess he has a negative outlook on this movie. Uh, Josh Stockley said, in quotes, it's easy to get lost in the vastness of space. There is only yourself, your ship, and your crew. Right, so that's one of the lines from the uh, 
from the trailer as yeah. uh, I think the ship is going into space dock. And I'm guessing it's that female character saying it. Yes, it's uh, she's the head of, I think it's the head of Starfleet or she's pretty high up. Mm. And uh, the, the delivery is kind of like, uh, I was kind of taken back by the delivery of that line. Uh, it sounds kind of ominous. Yeah, and maybe it's a warning to Kirk. Mm. I, I feel like that line's being delivered to Kirk. Mm. Especially since Pike died in the last right. movie. Yeah. Kirk needs a new kind of mentor. And yeah. I think maybe this new head of Starfleet is uh, is that character. Mm. I, I feel like that was taken from, you know, maybe a conversation that she has with Kirk before he starts... Uh, this new mission. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just have a feeling. Yeah. Uh, next we have Darren Edson. I like the scene where Bones and Kirk are sharing a serious moment over a drink. And yeah, I really like that too, because to me it felt like the old original series movies where Bones and Kirk would always have these like talks. And mm-hmm. interestingly, one of those talks was on Kirk's birthday. Bones gives okay. Kirk the eyeglasses. Mm-hmm. And there it's Kirk's more reflecting about becoming older. But in this movie, in this universe, because of the changes in in the alternate timeline, Kirk is now dealing with these issues at a much younger age. Mm-hmm. And he hates birthdays for a different reason than Prime Universe Kirk. Right. And it's because the fact that his father died. So I, I love it. I like that we're still getting hints of these relationships that we've seen in the prime universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Stockley said, oh, I guess Josh Stockley commented again. And he said, this dude looks a lot like a Hadar," And he's referring to the new villain. Yeah. And I just want to counter with how many species look exactly like humans. In Star Trek. A lot of them. Yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, Fred Archer says, <laughs> it ended. <laughs> no. It was cringeworthy and terrible. I wanted to gouge my eyes out and kill myself as the depressing nature of these movies are so terrible. It's actually sad that we have let this franchise become contaminated by people who have no understanding of Trek. I think Simon Pegg would have to disagree with you on yeah. that one. <laughs> uh, wow. That yeah. was, I think that was the most harsh comment I've ever read. Yeah, of that I've ever read. Harshest comment. The worst. Uh, Brent H. Hilton said, I would have to say the end of the trailer and thinking, yay, it's over. <laughs> Man. Uh, you got a tough crowd here. Yeah, this this is all from the Star Trek fans group, Star Trek fans uh, group on, on Facebook. Facebook. Okay. Next, we have Melody Hendricks, who says, eh, this is a Star Trek movie, right? Wow. Uh, <laughs> moving to Twitter, at the Warp Core said, gotta be the Starbase bits. And those who don't know at the Warp Core, that's our friend Clive Burrell from 
yes. some kind of Star Trek. And they have a good summary of the trailer. If you want to check that out, go to their website. The link will be in the show notes that I will post. Nice. We have our friend at Dr. Sci-Fi, who says, by far, the warp bubble shot. That was really beautiful. It was. Moving on to Google+, Plus, uh, Lorian said, you know what? It didn't catch my interest at all. I was waiting in line for the first show on opening day for every Star Trek movie, from the first movie through to Insurrection. Since then, I've had a hard time being excited about a Star Trek movie. I've seen them all in the theater, but it was never a rush to go, and they were fun or okay, but the franchise lost its luster, and the reboot seems more like an average formula sci-fi show than the groundbreaking, thought-provoking show Star Trek is supposed to be. Damn. Yeah. I would like to counter with there's only so much you can do in a movie. Yeah. Than you can in a in a series, uh, and that's all I have. To, you can't get that thought provoking in a movie, and I'm going to leave it there. You can. You can, but it's I, it's how tough. much money are you going to make? Right. Um, next, we have Mike D, who says, "I just nerd giggled." That's what I did when I watched <laughs> it. I was like. <laughs> Uh, Paul Skolan said, like the above comment, I can't get excited about reboot movies as I did for the originals. My most exciting memories include going to see Star Trek 3 in the cinema with my dad, Star Trek 4 with my friends, and bring my little, little brother to see Star Trek Generations. None of the new movies rank with these. Sure, I'll likely go see the new movie, but I won't be devastated if I miss it and have to wait for the DVD release. Nothing in the trailer jumped out at me and made me go, wow, just look so-so with lots of potential for disappointment. And I'm like, so-so? These yeah. effects are effing amazing. Yeah, they're probably the best effects that we've ever seen in a Star Trek movie. Oh, and that's yeah, just absolutely. the trailer. I know. Next we have Magda, and I'm not even going to attempt your last name. I'll just Magna Z uh, says trailer was good, and then there came the joke near the end that totally crushed the mood. I thought that that was like the perfect way to end it. Like, yeah, I, I, I love that. Yeah, I, I thought it was good, but you know, to each yeah. their own. Yeah, uh, Randy H said, probably wait for the DVD myself. I'm not saying, wow, gotta go see it on release day here. So I don't think we, we watched the same trailers, guys. I, I know. So, next, we have Matt Aronson. Uh, not a bad trailer. However, I am not left with an I-must-see-this-in-the-theater feeling. I think it will be a good movie, but I'm not sure it will be worth theater prices, considering I can watch it in 3D at home. Well, we got uh, Siddharth Bellur who said... I love the trailer a lot for one reason alone. The trailer was a decent one, but it wasn't as great as the Star Wars 7 trailer or the Civil War trailer or the Batman v Superman trailer. But the reason I love it is because it restored my interest in the film and in the future of Trek films. It showed us that Star Trek wasn't going to be like Fast and the Furious, something that the first trailer advertised. So more than loving the trailer, I was just happy to heave a sigh of relief 
knowing that Star Trek wasn't going to turn into some dumb action movie franchise. That's what made me like this trailer a lot. On its own, it isn't an extraordinary trailer in any way. It's pretty mediocre. Oh, man. But if I had to choose my favorite moment, it has to be the Enterprise and what I assume to be uh, warp speed. It looked really cool. Another moment slash moments I liked were the dialogues between Kirk and Bones and the one between Bones and Spock. Simply brilliant. I agree with most of that, I guess. Except, um, except the <laughs> like, it's mediocre. I didn't think that was a mediocre trailer. No, no. It, it made me pumped up. That's yeah. What, that's what a good trailer is supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and finally, uh, we have Viridius. <laughs> Man, guys. <laughs> I, I think these guys have Star Trek names. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Viridius Abram. I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering your name, but this person says oh, my... They are, they are cool names. Yeah, no, it's cool. I'm, I'm well, sure the actual pronunciation of the name is awesome. I just can't do it. <laughs> uh, my favorite moment was seeing Uhura has long sleeves, which hopefully will mean she finally has her rank displayed on our uniform again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for your answers to yes, our questions. You. Even though I don't agree with most of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which leads us into the final our, segment of the show. Yes. What puts your quantum state into flux? Yeah. It seems like you have a lot to say. Right. So after getting through all of that, uh, the responses from the uh, subspace channel, uh, it's clear to me that people are not giving this this movie or this new adaptation of the franchise a chance. Uh, coming off of Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, one might be skeptical skeptical about the movie in the first trailer, which was made to draw in new fans, uh, and I could see how it could cast doubts. Uh, but Simon Pegg, who helped pen the script, came out and said the trailer, uh, the first trailer didn't capture the movie and told us not to worry. Uh, then the second trailer was revealed and all my doubts were squashed and I'm really looking forward to the film. And I don't understand the segment of fans uh, that aren't giving it a chance. Uh, I mean, just visually alone, Yeah. even if you weren't a Star Trek fan, seeing this trailer, I think you would be like, oh man, this looks like a really cool movie. Now, I mean, people can have their opinions, but yeah. I don't see where you can come out and say the trailer was mediocre. It was uh, exciting. Like I said, I watched it 10 times. Yeah, it was exciting. It renewed my excitement for the film. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, coming off of Into Darkness, I mean, there was a lot of disappointment in that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see why people would be like, oh, man, this adaptation of Star Trek just isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. But flash forward, what, two years, two, three years? Right. I think this movie will be the defining moment of the JJ universe. Yeah. 
And I think people need to give it a chance because it's obvious that, you know, people are just not, don't care. They hear JJ and they're like, oh, no, not for me. I want the original Star Trek. This isn't Star Trek. Well, guess what? This is Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And I saw someone posted on social media um, fan gripes uh, with new adaptations of Star Trek. I forget who posted it, but they have, you know, the the original Star Trek. Oh, this is great. They have the next generation. We're like, oh, this isn't Star Trek. That's not that's not Captain Kirk. How can you have Star Trek without Captain Kirk and Spock? This isn't Star Trek. And then you have Deep Space Nine. How can you have Star Trek on a space station? It's about going out there and exploring strange new worlds, not just sitting there on a station. Then you have Voyager. You're like, you can't have a show that doesn't have the Enterprise. What? How can they do that? And mm-hmm. then they have Star Trek Enterprise. You can't have a show take place in the past. It looks too advanced for the time period. It doesn't look like Star Trek. Then you yeah. have the reboot. This isn't Star Trek. That's not Captain Kirk. That's not Spock. But I but they, are. They, are. but they are. Yeah, they are. They are. It's all Star Trek. It's just people seem to have a fear of change. I think that's what it is. And I think maybe that is a topic that needs to be addressed in a Star Trek movie, maybe. Uh, The fear of change. Uh, You know what I think? I think a good lesson that Star Trek has taught us, and they taught us this in the original series, it's the Vulcan saying of the Idic, of Mm -hmm. infinite diversity in infinite combinations. If you if you think about that, if you really ponder that saying, that the universe is filled with these amazing possibilities, and I think that's what Star Trek is all about at its core, is mm-hmm. that it's to show you this new future that is full of discovery and wonderment, And just think of over 50 years of the history of this show, how much this show has inspired people. Mm -hmm. It's inspired people to go out there and become engineers and inventors and to create the things that we see on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, More and more every day, our technology is becoming more or even surpassed what Star Trek has shown us. Right. We, we all have a personal computer on our desktop when, you know, in the eighties, <laughs> next generation was showing these tabletop computers. We right. already have that. Right. We have, we have amazing processors in, in just our phones. We have handheld pads and communicators like we've mm-hmm. seen on Star Trek. The future right. is here. And right. I know the JJ movies get a lot of flack, but they went out of their way in the first movie to acknowledge the prime universe right. and say, oh, the, even the, the characters themselves realize it. They're like, 
we are in an alternate timeline. Mm -hmm. We are in an alternate universe from where Nero came from, from where prime spot came from. We are, we are, they acknowledge that they are living in an alternate thing. So that has not destroyed five series of Star Trek. Right. And the 10 movies that came before this trilogy. Mm Mm-hmm. All of that stuff still exists. Like I said before, I, I've been doing an, a rewatch and and rediscovering some of these episodes that I haven't revisited in a while. Right. And every Star Trek episode leaves behind some message. You can take something away from these shows and these movies every time you watch it because... I, I feel like when I watch these episodes and these movies at different stages in my life, I find something different to relate to in my life. Mm-hmm. And I get a new understanding of, of these shows. When I was ki- when I was a kid, it was all about the cool effects, the cool aliens and the space battles. You know, a, a, as a teenager watching Voyager, I, you know, really related to what a lot of the characters were going through. You know, it was a series about being lost and you know when you're a teenager you feel like man what direction is my life going where am i going right and you know so at every stage of my life you know you you well i i take away something different when i watch these episodes so i i think i i think i I mean i totally agree with you people should give these movies a chance i just think like look how much good this jj universe is doing it's bringing new fans right into the franchise and depending on their level of interest some of these new fans will go out and seek the new or, or the older episodes for themselves right or and, or come in and experience the cbs all access series because yeah. of their experience with uh the JJ movies, and that will just mean if more people are watching the new series, the longer it's going to go, and the better it's going to be. Yeah, I, I hope we get to see you know Star Trek seventy five. I'm yeah, I, I'm I'm ready for that when I'm you know in my fifties. Like, let's bring it on. Right. Um. I it, to me like because we're celebrating the fiftieth year of of Star Trek. Um this is such a huge milestone and culturally star Trek has had such an impact on the world Mm -hmm. uh, really. And I I think, uh, I think fans need to just be less entitled. Right. Even though these new movies may not be for you, all the old stuff still exists for you to watch it. Mm -hmm. You know, star Trek online is coming to consoles. I can't wait to play that. I'm right. playing Star Trek timelines. You know, you can read the books. Uh, they're always having a, a new novel or novels every year. Mm-hmm. So there's so many ways that you can celebrate being a fan. And I, I think we should just celebrate just the overall Star Trek franchise. And right. um, I, I'm just excited that, that we can get Star Trek, like new Star Trek. Yeah. I'm, I'm always excited for that. I I don't want to make judgments before I watch it. I want to watch, um, I want to watch beyond 
going in with a level of excitement that I feel on the trailers. And if it's a great story, I'm going to love it. If it sucks, you'll you'll be the first to hear it on this podcast. Right. Like, you should just go in with an open mind and not prejudge it. Right. And so I, I think that's, if anything that Star Trek has taught us, I think it's infinite diversity in infinite combinations. Y- you should be open to new possibilities. Right. That's, well I, I'm going to leave it at that. Well said. Thank you. And so that, my friends, was my quantum <laughs> flex this week. And, and mine, I, I guess. I shared it with you. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And I kind of I got a little loud there, but I think it was... Uh, well, you're passionate. You're passionate. Yeah, it, was, it was warranted, I think. Yeah. Because, I mean, come on. Like, like I said in one of the Subspace Channel's uh, answers, this dude looks like a Jem'Hadar. And like, like I said, how many species in Star Trek look human or look like another species? There are a ton of, there are right. ton of species that look just human. That are Vulcan. There are multiple Vulcan subspecies. Romulans right. and Vulcans look up until... Uh, up until next generation. Next generation. They looked identical. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean... And uh, just one interesting tidbit. I heard that Star Trek Beyond, because it's a movie for the 50th anniversary, mm-hmm. that there's actually going to be 50 different aliens uh, at different points in the movie. Oh, wow. Like there's, there's 50 different makeup aliens. I really hope I see a JJ Universe Andorian make it happen, Justin Lin. <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, hopefully. Some other species that we haven't seen for a while or... New species. I mean, the first oh, yeah. movie had a ton of new species and uh, really some, some cool, some cool looking um, aliens. I really like the dude from uh, uh, Computer Dude from uh, Into Darkness. Oh yeah, see, I didn't really like him. I, I, I like the idea of him, but I didn't like him. Okay, if that makes fine. sense. I didn't like that he was. He's like an android. I didn't like that there was an android on the crew. I don't think that he was an android. I think he was I think just that's like what they said. I think that's what they said, though. I don't want to go back and watch that movie. Um, yeah. Well, they didn't <laughs> yeah. say in the movie. Right, right. Um, but he's not in the new Star Trek uh, movie this time. I, I, I would like to think he's kind of related to maybe like the Binar or something. That would be cool. That, that would be cool. They should have had another dude that like cloned him there that would have that would have totally hinted at binars yeah that would that would have been awesome if they did that yeah uh, but but anyway we digress uh so eric if we were to find you on uh social media uh yes. how would we do it you can find me on uh twitter and instagram at truckyb 47 uh you can also find uh, my other podcast that I, I do, uh, Ranger Command Power Hour, that's at Ranger Command PH if you're a Power Rangers fan. Uh, very nice. And if you were to look for me, uh, you can find me, just search at Nova Charter. It's me. I'm on... Uh, <laughs> it's me, a Nova Charter. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nova Charter. Uh, and on Star Trek Riza, if you ever 
if you ever feel go like on. going on there, you can find me there too. Uh, so until next time, live long and prosper, and be awesome to each other. Infinite diversity, infinite combinations. Peace out. Peace. You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four Eyed Radio Network, where you can catch a new episode every other Monday. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at sfescapepod. Like us on facebook.com slash sfescapepod. And add us to your circle on Google Plus by going to google.sfescapepod.com. <laughs>